Coming up tonight on an all-new Big Footy podcast, we talk all about State of Origin and its possible future in the AFL. We talk all about the Hall of Fame and people that might be missing, and we preview the weekend's games. All that and more, coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast for this week, and I've got with me the uh, highly distracted messenger, who is at this moment uh, hoping that his team can get up over the Crows in what is a close one at oh. uh, Adelaide Oval, as you can hear. <laughs> <laughs> Language. And, uh, Sweet Jesus. I may have anyway. to do a lot of editing tonight if this keeps up. <laughs> um. And uh, since he's too busy to say hi, Mike is also Good evening, uh, good evening. hello, big footy listeners. <laughs> and so, obviously, we haven't, we weren't on last week, and there's been a lot happening. And so, Mike, what was your uh, perhaps your highlight of the last two weeks, or what, what's caught your eye in the last two weeks? Oh, uh, look, we'll probably get into it later, but. Um... Lock at getting into the uh, Legends Hall of Fame and, uh, you know, still Dunstall misses out. But no, look, you know, the dog's had a week off, so I haven't really been paying too much in the way of football over the last uh, week. So. Oh, show makers. Don't go out in the rain. 
closely you know, who's missing from the Hall of Fame, who's missing from that uh, uh, Legends bracket. And obviously, apparently, the candidacy for the Legends uh, position came down to Lockett, Malcolm Blight, or Jason Dunstall. And uh, they gave the nod to Lockett, presumably because he kicked more goals than the other two. Now, Messenger, you're a Hawthorne supporter, so we'll get your opinion last. All right. And hopefully three-quarter time will roll around in that time. Well, yeah, sorry, no, no, yeah, I'm, I have a view. And I might surprise you, but I have a view. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised you have a view. But, but um, my view might surprise you. Right. <laughs> um, but Mike, what's, you, what's your view on the, on the Hall of Fame and the Legends process there? Look, I guess it's, it's really uh, subjective, isn't it, when you're looking at who's doing the assessment and, you know, I mean, look, you can have all of the polls you want, public city polls or polls for viewers or polls for overall supporters, but at the end of the day, how many are actually on the panel that select who becomes a legend and who's inducted into the Hall of Fame? I reckon there's five or six people from the media, from the AFL, um, yeah, from the media and the AFL, and they come from interstate as well, so mm. it's not just like Victorians doing the picking there. So you've got to wonder, you've got to ask yourself, is there a, is there an element of popularity there? I, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, it's hard to say how they do the assessment because we don't have that. But, oh, look, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't really argue against Lockett being in, in the Hall of Fame. He was, or he is, the all-time goal kicker for the AFL. Um, you know, quite a, quite a feat. Um, was, a, was a good forward. Should he have edged out... Uh, Dunstall, well, I guess at the end of the day, that's a decision that was made. That doesn't mean Dunstall's not going to get in there at some point in time. I don't know. It's just one of those hard, hard ones to really, really sort of debate when you're not a part of the voting process and you don't see what, what goes on in their minds and the discussions they've had when they come to deciding between the candidates and then electing from the candidate list. Mm. There are a number of, just looking at the list of legends, there are a number of... Uh very good forwards in that list. Uh, John Coleman, uh, Gordon Coventry, yep. uh, Royce Hart, Peter Hudson, mm. Alex Jezelenko, um, Bob Pratt, you know, other people that played forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's it. And, and now Tony Lockett. So, I mean, on that basis, you'd expect Dunstall to be a shoo-in in the near future. Blight probably next year, I suppose, to get around the Victorian bias. But, um, you know, it, it, I, at one a year, it's, it's going to be a while before everyone that deserves to get in gets in. Messenger, you've got a view on this? Well, my view is that it's impossible to argue against Tony Lockett being a legend. But, and if you want to compare the careers side by side, well, certainly they were both prolific goal scorers and Dunstall had the team success... But in some respects, it makes what Lockett did more admirable because, mm. yeah, how many good teams did he really play on? I mean, he, he, I don't, I'm not sure he ever played a final at St Kilda, as I can recall. He might have played on a couple of, as Harvey and uh, Robert Harvey sort of came into his prime, he might have had some success there. He played in some decent teams in, in Sydney. But the truth of the matter is nobody did more with less in yeah, that no. era than Tony Lockett. And he was absolutely, the of all the one-man shows going around, he was it. Dunstall played in some very, very strong teams, played as part of a, a forward combination with 
one of the best centre half forwards of his generation and, and and reap the benefits of it. Now Dunster will get there eventually, but to suggest that that he should, Dunster should get in before Lockett is is really hard to hard to fathom to my to my way of thinking. Yeah, no, so, I'm, I'm so, full, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with their mess. Um, he, yeah. He's absolutely deserving of his position. You can't really argue against it. I mean, the guy won the Coleman Medal four times. Yeah, was a five times All Australian, two times St Kilda Best and Ferris, won the Sydney Best and Ferris uh, when he went up there. Let, uh, Sydney team of the century at full forward, St Kilda team of the century at full forward, won the EJ Witten Medal in 1995 for Victoria. We forget how good he was. The man and, was a and, and force he's a brown of nature. Medalist. He was a force of nature. And I was uh, watching uh, Offsiders on the ABC on Sunday, and they were talking to uh, a couple of weeks back, and Francis Leach was on. He said he was the sole joy of my footballing life as a child is going to Morabin and watching Plugger, because ultimately you might watch Plugger kick ten in a in a five goal loss. You know, and this is the other thing too. He, the, 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 the limit he made so much of the opportunities he had it was quite extraordinary so mind you he yeah. did have a bloody good centre half forward teamed with him for a lot of his career too Stuart Lowe yeah. and you know he's he's, he's uh, probably one that gets overlooked a lot by a lot of people but uh, Stuart Lowe was a legend Stewie. in his own right Stuart I wouldn't yeah not, not, not an then. AFL not, not a Hall of Fame like legend, but he was a bloody good player in his own right, Stuart Lowe. He was, he was, but St Kilda were not nearly as good a team as as say the, the Hawthorne teams that Dunstall played on. Well, no, I think see, that makes Haw- all. I think that makes what he did all the more admirable. No, no, and abs- absolutely. But uh, you look back at that St Kilda side back in the day, and you know, with Robert Harvey, Stuart Lowe, uh, Tony Lockett, uh, even Danny Frawley was okay at full back. Yeah. Nathan Burke was pretty good. Nathan Burke was pretty handy. It's it's Winmar. It, it, yeah, Winmar. That, but that's that St Kilda team actually got better because I mean I'm not suggesting this is because of Lockett, but when Lockett went to Sydney, I mean St Kilda played in those grand finals after Lockett or before. I'm trying to remember. No, no, it was after. Um, they didn't Lockett, play until like Lockett '96. Went to Sydney in '96. He played in the grand final team for Sydney. Almost '95, but he but, played in the '96 grand final for Sydney. Yeah. He won the best and first in Sydney in '95. So, and then St Kilda played in those late '90s grand finals. So, so well, I, I guess my point is that yes, he had those players in, but those players actually probably hit their prime after he left. I'm not suggesting that Lockett leaving was a improve those players, but but that, that those younger guys were actually hit their prime playing in the under under. Um, Trying to think, who was it? Was it Kenny Sheldon who was coaching then? No. Who coached those? Um, who coached that losing grand final team against the Crows? I think it was Sheldon, actually. Could have been. Well, it might have been. One, it might have been Kenny Sheldon. Yeah, but I, my my feeling is that see, that St Kilda, those St Kilda teams, and I think they played in both. Did they play in both those grand finals? The ones that the Crows won. No, no. North was the other one. North was the other one. But I tend to think that those St Kilda teams, those players actually hit their prime after Plugger left. So I yeah, think really, did. Plugger, most of Plugger's career, they were actually quite poor St Kilda teams. Mm. No, that's, that's, that's fair ah, enough. My, sorry, it was Stan Elves. Stan, Stan Elves. Elves. Yeah. Well, my apologies. Yeah, good Stan old, Elves. Good old Stan. I tell you, my, 
my my uh, my biggest memory of Lockett, besides the pig incident at the SCG, <laughs> was uh, the pitch invasion that followed his goal kicking and his um, his record. Um, when he when he broke that record in '96, it just massive numbers of people. I've never seen anything like it. Not even you know, not even Buddy when he kicked his hundredth. Mm. Like it just it was massive, and what like, security was almost non-existent, <laughs> and everyone knew. Like everyone was waiting for the invasion. Everyone knew it was going to happen, and it was still huge. I get. I guess my 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 memory too. He's probably one of the last of the. He really didn't have a ground game at all. No. So it was it was sea ball, catch ball, kick ball. But he was but he very was good. So he, good at it. He kicked he sixteen was... straight one afternoon. I reckon. Dunster wasn't too bad at it either. But um, I mean, it was an era where big full forwards were the go. I mean, you had Salmon, you had Lockett, you had uh, Dunster. Yeah. Well, Abbott wasn't really a big full forward in that vein, but he was still a very prominent full forward. Yeah. Um, you know, Carlton had Kernahan. Um, was it Neats at Melbourne? Well, that's probably a bit later, Neats. Yeah. But um, they had... Um, was Mark, no, that was Mark Jackson's a bit too early, isn't A bit, it? bit early. Yeah, we're, on, we're on either <laughs> side. You're going back to the, going back to the we, mid to late 80s then. You had, Richards, yeah. you had Richardson at uh, Richmond. I mean... And I must admit, I mean, this is not me trying to be be a, an asshole to the Swan supporters, but I always think of him as a St Kilda player. Mm. I've always thought of him like I always, in my mind, I always see him as a St Kilda player. Now, I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone counts the three games that he played when he came back from retirement. In what? No, 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 no. But I mean, he had a decent career in Sydney. But I always think of him as a St Kilda player. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's like Burton when he played for Collingwood. I mean, he's always going to be a Hawthorne player, isn't he? Well, I choose not to remember the games he played for sure, Collingwood. Sure, but didn't even... Burton had no career after Hawthorne. I mean, his Sydney time and his Collingwood time were, were really, you know, probably just a demonstration that sometimes you should, you know, you need to know where to go, and, um, and, and, he, and he didn't. But, yeah. No, look, I, I agree. The point I'm making is, is, is that, you know, a, a player like that can play for multiple clubs, but people remember where they did their most, where they had their most impact, where they where they grew with the game. The same thing with Carey North. You know, he went to Adelaide for a while. His, his career was pretty much on the down downward or downhill after that. But, you know, people will always remember a player for where they had the most of their career, where they, where they really grew as a player, I think. And so, yeah, Lockett, I think you're right with, with St Kilda. Mm. Yeah. So we asked the question on the forum, who who are the missing champions in uh, in the opinion of the forum? And obvi- the first one that comes up, uh, Concrete Waters posted an article that claims that Johnny Worsfold has been snubbed by the Hall of Fame. Um, as, a, as a legend? Uh, just missing from the Hall of Fame, maybe. I don't, don't know. Oh, I mean, you could make a... I mean... You can make a very good argument for John Walsall being a Hall of Fame. You can make an argument for plenty of people. I guess the question is, who can you make an argument for to go from the Hall of Fame to, to the legend. legend status? So the the next post down is a guy from uh, Go the Dockers is positing Russell Ebert as a legend, um, and that's a bloody good case. Russell yes, Ebert is, is, an, is an absolute South Australian legend of the game, absolutely mm. deserving of the honour, and I'm absolutely sure he will get there. 
Yes. It, it, people have to remember, you can only do like one a year. Um, mm. And so the, the questions have revolved around, you know, Peter Bell, was he deserving of a Hall of Fame place ahead of some of the people that are missing, you know? Mm. So, um, but and as uh, we, we talked about briefly before the podcast started, um, Michael Tuck has been posited as a legend. How He's a games record holder, um, but he's not a legend. And so the question becomes, is longevity... Uh, combined with premiership success is enough is that enough to get you into the Hall of Fame was he an exemplary player over and above other players of his era well I guess that the argument for that is he played 426 games for arguably the most powerful club of of that generation so um, but does that make him a legend just for just for for having uh a long the, career. Uh, privilege to, to play in that. I mean, you could say the same thing for, for Fletcher. You know, I, I don't have any doubt that Fletcher will make the Hall of Fame, but is he a legend? I, I don't know. I don't think he is a legend, but he's definitely worthy of Hall of Fame, though. Yeah, look, I, I can see that. And I, I can, I, I'd concede that he doesn't make a strong case as a player outside the statistical... I mean, you know, you're talking about a bloke who's got seven premierships, not just, you know... You know, we talk about guys or awe of people who win three flags, but this guy's got seven, and and that's a an oddity in itself. Uh, oh, he's not given away the free kick, has he? Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, no, I could I could see that. I could, I could see that he doesn't do anything. That there's nothing from from him as a player per se that would say that's an exemplary. You know, and that's a reason he should be in the Hall of Fame. Great work, Suckling. Come on, get rid of it. You. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's still close there at Adelaide. So it's fourteen points, and uh, they've just Suckling's just taken it off the Crows' goal line. So come on, come on. So look to get back on track. <laughs> yes, my apologies. <laughs> there, there are guys. There are there are guys um, in SA and WA who kicked more goals than. Uh, Lockett, as, as as a legend, uh, particularly Ken Farmer uh, in South Australia, many are mystified over here as to how he's not a legend already, given he's far more qualified than some of these other players, including Lockett. So, yeah, look, I, I can understand the, the the question marks on that one, but I think we've got to look at the perspective here that you know the uh, the way it is is it's clearly looking at AFL plays. AFL slash PFL mm-hmm. players, ignoring those other codes. No, no, no question there. Um, I've already brought up um, Bernie Naylor. He, he's another one with uh, who is also equally qualified. Malcolm Blight um, is deserving of legend status on the basis of his career. Yes. It, to, talking of longevity, um, if Tuck gets in on the basis of his longevity, guys like Craig Bradley and uh, are almost as deserving. I think Bradley played more senior games than oh, right. pretty much anyone um, at this stage of his career. So, uh, given he played 325 for Carlton and he played another 99 for Port Adelaide before he came over. And that was in 81 when it still mattered. <laughs> so, mm. uh, that's that's another story altogether. Look, people are... Pu- Putting up Sheedy. Someone is saying Paul Bagshaw from South Australia. Um, some 
one has put up Rashudo. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think that's a bit soon. We, we yeah. can uh, we can wait. Uh, we but uh, for for Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide people are putting up uh, Foz Williams, and he's a, he's a legendary name in South Australia. Uh, if for nothing, if for nothing else, his coaching uh, record over here is phenomenal. Um, Harold Oliver is a very early one uh, from very early on in in Port Adelaide, which these these early. Uh, say pre nineteen sixties, these guys get overlooked at the best of times, let alone from another state. So, so, so just talking, about, I'm just reading a couple of the names in this thread are really interesting. One's Morris Rioli, and mm. this is not talking about leave. This is talking about entry into the Hall of Fame, and another one. And I'm sorry to keep talking, taking this back to Hawthorne, but Chris Mew. Yeah, Chris Mew was the the story is that Chris Mew was the first player Alan Jeans picked every week. And he played centre-half. He was an exceptionally good centre-half back. Exceptionally good centre-half back. I don't know that you'd... you know, But he could certainly make an argument for Dewey in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. It's hard to argue about against um, Blight being a legend, though. You'd have to think he'd be the next one. Well, I mean, look, if, you, if we look at... I think someone's actually posted up there anyway, Moses on the main board, but uh, Malcolm Blight's career highlights. So he yes. was 70, 78 Brownlow, McGarry medal, two times All-Australian, VFL Team of the Year, twice uh, Woodville Best and Fairest, Coleman medal, Ken Farmer medal, four-time North Melbourne League kicker, two VFL premierships, champion of Australia. So the guy just, I think, oozes um, accomplishments. And he's a two-time premiership coach. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, is there anybody else who you know of that's one who's been a premiership coach and a Brownlow medalist? NFL team of the century, South Australian Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Anyone you can think of? Wookie? Not offhand. Uh, coach and Brownlow medalist. Premiership coach and Brownlow medalist. Oh, hang on. No, no, not offhand. Um, no. it's a good question, but no, I don't. I don't reckon there was. Very nobody's, few... coming, nobody's coming to mind. Robert Harvey's an assistant coach at the moment, and he won himself a Brownlow or two. Oh, Cyril! <laughs> All right. So, oh yeah, oh baby. What about Chris uh, Grant, Mike? What's his status? Oh. Is Besides still Chris... bitter over not winning a brown line. <laughs> Why do you want to bring that up? I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, and that's that's as good as that. That's that's uh, where he deserves to be. But that's he'll, he, he's not legendary status. Has Kelvin Templeton made it to the Hall of Fame? Apparently yet? not. Not as Wayne Johnston. No. And and, and see see Kelvin Templeton. I mean, Kelvin Templeton's going back twenty five years now. But he 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 was a and he's a guy who's one of these guys who split. To a career, a very good career over two clubs, mm. and was equally good, I think, for both of them. A bit like Peter Moore, I guess, as well. In that, um, but uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Templeton, when he, Templeton, his knees were gone when he went to Melbourne. He was he was in serious trouble. Um, but, he, he didn't play good footy for Melbourne at all. He played for two, I think three seasons. The last season, barely scrapped a few games together, but. Um, Overall, he played, I think, from 76 or 75 to, to 84. So, 
but not he was, a long career by standards. But, but he was, you know, before the Lockett era, he was probably one of the two of best three full forwards in the competition at that stage, wasn't he? No, no he, was, he, was, he wasn't a full forward. He was a centre-half forward slash centre-half back. He won his Brownlow playing centre-half back. Forward. I, see, to me, I always, see, I always think of him as a forward. I never thought of him as a backman. Mind yeah. you, he's, we're getting, I mean, 19, uh, you know, his era too, I was pretty young at that stage, but yeah. Yeah, no, he won his brown leg playing at centre half back, Royce Hart put him on the back line. That's where he won his brown leg. Just quietly, Hawthorne have uh, split him right open here. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. The Power That's... Rangers. It is an anyway, awful, it, it is a truly awful jumper, isn't it? it? It's 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 a travesty. It is a travesty. But you know they've won a football game in it, so I don't give a mm. shit. So look, we we thank you all for your input into that thread. Um, we're we're trying to be more interactive these days, and uh, so we thank you for all your feedback. Um, and we'll move on to perhaps a more recent topic, and that's state of origin, guys. And uh, I know uh, I can hear Messenger groaning already. And uh, I know this is always going to come back, as it always does, to Andy Collins v. Uh, Tony Hall. Tony Hall, yes. And, uh, you know, and friendly fire doing people's knees and that being the reason why we can't have good things anymore because Hawthorne players apparently can't coordinate. Um, so... <laughs> You know, blame Hawthorne for no origin, apparently. But last night, 91,000 people turned up to the MCG to watch uh, New South Wales beat Queensland. Spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, that's what happened. <laughs> and, uh, How many of those people do you believe? Here's my question, because I, 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 I didn't watch much of it, but there was a lot of people in New South Wales jerseys particularly. Mm. How many were fly-ins? There's a report... I saw today on Twitter that says that uh, only about 25,000 people came in from interstate. Right. I'm not entirely sure that's true. Um, there was there was an awful lot of New South Wales <laughs> colours flying around. I mean, it, it is possible that some of them have emigrated you know, down to civilisation, mm. but... Um... So, look... But here, Borky, here, here's the question. Yes, mate. I mean, we... We can get uh, in Victoria 90,000 for a rugby game, but the highest crowd attendance for a state of origin was actually 1995, was Victoria, South Australia, 64,000. Yeah, they've actually been averaging crowds of 35 to 40,000. You sure that's the highest crowd for a state of origin, Mike? I'm oh, looking at it. No. I'm looking at it. Oh, really? I'm no, 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 adamant 19, that if... Okay, all right. 1989. Sorry, 91,000. 1989, Victoria, South Australia. Because I oh, vividly... And that's the one where Dunstall and Lockett were in... Lonely in the there. same side. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They yeah. Kicked, and, and how, many, how many did they kick that day? Uh, I think Lockett got a few. Yeah, they, the Victoria pants the South Australians that day, I would believe. But... I, I will call that an anomaly in terms of crowd averages, but since then, the crowd averages have been averaging somewhere around 35 to 40,000. Well, see, here's the thing. If you look at the crowds, and I did this the other night, and games involving Victoria and South Australia and Victoria and Western Australia, they, they pulled in reasonable crowds pl when played in a state. Um, they didn't draw massively in Victoria after about 95 
Um, but the Allies concept didn't fly with anybody anywhere. Those, no. that, that was pulling crowds of, what, 16,000. And even Victoria, uh, even South Australia and Western Australia only pulled uh, 15,000, I think. So it's... it's whether it was lack of promotion or just people not turning up because the star players weren't in the side or whatever the reason was, uh, Origin kind of died uh, for us through, you know, I, I assume it's because the AFL just went, no, it's too hard, we can't be bothered. I don't think it's that. I just think it found its its natural level. and I and And the clubs don't like it. With, with good reason, the um, the fans don't need it because in a national competition, I'm watching tonight. I'm watching South Australia versus Victoria. Mm. Right, you've got a team running around in blue, red, and gold. The South Australians essentially see their team running around but, every night. But that's a that's yeah. a fallacy. I mean, we, we've had people in the Origin thread today, uh, yesterday, pointing out the fact that. Most players playing for Adelaide, most players playing for Adelaide and and, and to a lesser extent Western Australia, uh, Western Australian sides, they come from places that aren't related to the state the team's in. Well, like when Jason Dunstall played for Victoria, but was born born and raised in Queensland. Well, yes, that's a slight anomaly in the process. Well, no, but it's not an anomaly because state of origin was always like that. It was, it mattered where you were playing at the time, and so you had all these blokes who ran around who were, you know, Victoria basically got to pick the eyes out of the whole country, you know. Well, yes, but that was Victoria being jerks, really. Sure, that's right. (laughs) Um, That was supposed to change in 79 when they stopped basing it on the the actual league that the players were selected from and started basing it on the state. And then they changed the rules and the eligibility after the Dunstall thing happened. So... I, I just think you'll find uh, you'll have some some moments where everybody will be on board, and, and certainly international rules got invigorated because they, they got it to mean something more. I just think if you did it all the time, you would eventually come back to this stage where clubs don't want it, the players would rather have the rest, and and the fans, yeah, I don't know. See, I'm a supporter I, of the. I, I don't think we need it. I'm a supporter of the idea of having it every four years. Just one one big carnival like we did for the Bicentennial in 88, but without the amateur sides, maybe. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think that's that's the better way to go. It's easy to fix. It's a a lot easier to fixture in. You do it at the end of the season, not the start or the middle of the season when it's going to risk everything and you've got a lot longer to recover. You have extended benches, shorter quarters if you have to, whatever you have to to get it over the line. The problem is the AFL is going to run, the AFL is going to be looking for content and it's going to have to find it somewhere um, if it's going to increase its media rights. And unfortunately everyone else is looking at what uh, Origin brings to uh, the NRL and it, you know, it's worth a good fifty million over a couple of years. It's got it's got its own separate sponsorship that's worth ten million on its own. It pulls in big crowds. It's there's no reason that can't be replicated in the well, AFL. Here's the, well, here's the question then: you're going, you're going to have to you're going to have to have it on a standalone weekend. 
you're going to have to you're going to have to have so the clubs are going to have to have an extra buy or you're going to have to change the buy week to a corporate origin you can't play this on a wednesday night no and expect players to back up on a saturday like they do in the rugby so it has to have a standalone weekend which means you're taking games out of the markets where you know, we, we, we base this league on there being a game in New South Wales and a game in Queensland every day. Run, Bradley, run. Come on, mate. <laughs> and, um, and then all of a sudden you're going to take that away for an origin game. Billy Hartung. I, I'm saying that you do this post-season so none of that matters, Messenger. Yeah, but post-season is exactly the time you don't want it because then you're, you, you're getting... The players are at their, at their worst in terms of... Injuries and, but, and, and fatigue levels. But it's when we play the International Rules Series. I yeah, mean, we, we have a two-match International Rules Series, and that's apparently yeah, but, fine, but we can't do Origin. You can't sell me on that. Well, you can't sell me on International Rules. It's rubbish. It is. So, And that's why they have it at the end of the year. Because it's rubbish. But if you want to have this be about our game and have a showpiece event, then you've got to have it during the season. Why? Got to why does it, it have to be during the weekend. season, though? I just, yeah, I think you'll find there'll be a lot of people who've got the flu and sore knees and... Yes, but and you've got 800 players to choose from, Messenger. You can go without a couple. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if you go to a State of Origin game and you're hoping that Kyle Cheney can hold down key back, you know, because everybody else has gone on holidays, then it's not really a game that anybody's going to be interested in. And it's going to be the, you know, it, this is only going to work if you've got genuine best 22 sides and you, you play it during the season and you give it a you give it clear air for marketing and the whole thing but if you run it during the time where everybody's gets their weddings booked in october and and people are going overseas on holiday it, it's an afterthought and it's going to be treated as such but and again, it's going to we, die a very quick death if we can if we can do an international rules series that relies solely on all Australians of the past or, f- or present or future or whenever these all Australians come from. And, and if we can do that in November, we can have a single weekend of origin. We did it once. We've done it once. And, and, and honestly, do you care about international rules? I've never cared about international and, and, rules. And you know what? It's difficult to describe how little I care about international rules. You, you realise we do this every two years, right? It's not just a one-off for international rules. No, I understand. And we do it every two years. And if we did it every four years, I'd, I'd probably only care half as much as I do. But, you know, international rules is not a good argument for origin football because inter- international rules is... Mm exists for reasons unbeknownst to most sane people. Mm. Origin is at least our game, played along state allegiances that we care about. But, you know, for, for, it to, for it to be something that we care about, it's got to be... It's got to really be the best mm. of the best. What about something like an all-star game? No, 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 God, no, 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 no. What, it's got to, it's got to resonate. It's got you've got to mm. have a reason to watch. This is why the allies didn't work. Yeah, true. I mean, who, Very true. 
who cares? New South Wales, those natural allies in New South Wales and Tasmania joining forces. <laughs> and don't forget the ACT and, and, and Queensland and Northern Territory. Together, they form Voltron. I mean, you know, what is that? <laughs> That'd be an awesome promotion, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> and well, I'll... We've got the Power Rangers playing tonight, so why can't we have Voltron? <laughs> and I'll form the head. Yes. Oh, I still love Voltron as a kid. Yes. I like the Lions one, though, not the Cars Oh, yeah, yeah that stupid the Cars, cars one. Rubbish. The Lions one was the best. Lion Force one is the only Voltron for me. That's right, no, that's right. All others are cheap imitations. <laughs> Somewhere on my hard drive at home, I have the entire series. Anyway, um, I don't watch it at all, ever. Um, no. <laughs> um, the Victoria versus Dream Team game a couple of years ago seemed to work okay. Uh, did it? Yeah, the crowd was uh, the crowd was all right. I think. Yeah, it was, those sort of things are okay for a once-off sort of thing, you know. Yeah, not not for something you want to see every year. Yeah, novelty wears thin very very quickly. That's the problem. Well, I didn't yeah. I didn't want to dwell on it for long, but I just thought having having had the origin thing last night, and and look, I've spent the, my day arguing with people that believe that it's now representative of this great rugby league invasion that's going to happen, and and. The, the figures for Melbourne TV were a lot higher than any AFL game this year, which is true. They were. They they beat the highest rating AFL game by ninety thousand. <laughs> but but, um, they, but if you if you look at Victorian tenants over the history of you know rugby, whether it being union or league for these sort of things, it typically does draw large crowds in Victoria because it's it's. It's not something we see all the time, so it's going to draw people there, mm. um, you know, once a year or once every couple of years. And I think I remember from when they had the Bledisloe Cup, you know, we got 95,000 to one game between Australia and New Zealand. So the other thing with the soccer at the MCG, uh, um, Australian uh, Qualifiers World Cup or the games against uh, mm. the English, English clubs, people will want to go and see that. If it's going to be on all the time, you won't expect to get those continued big numbers there. People will dwindle off, the novelty wears off, and that's the whole thing with the with the uh, state of origin. And know, origin the, the novelty did, basically wore off. Origin historically has drifted a little bit since its first game in Melbourne. I remember the first one um, where they had 87,000 people turn up, which was a then record crowd. But why did origin drift? Why did it drift? Well, it was it was happening every other year after that. They moved it to Etihad Stadium. It was pulling like 25,000 people at one point. Yeah, but the, the reason it drifted, and the reason it gets 25,000 is because inevitably, you know, such and such had come down with the flu, and this one had have a niggle, hamstring niggle, and, and, that... and these players were getting, they get, players were getting withdrawn left, right, and centre. I don't think that's as prevalent in rugby league as it is in the AFL. But it was, I think it was more because the games were just getting one-sided and Queensland was just winning every time. <laughs> so, yeah. That, I think that was oh, more sorry, to do I with... I thought we were talking about the end of AFL origin. Anyway. No, 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 no. AFL origin, that, that, that got really um, disappointing at times. Yeah, of course it did, yeah. It, I yeah. mean, it just... Basically, if the game didn't involve Victoria and South Australia or Victoria and Western Australia, no one went. No one cared. No, that's right. And... I don't think that's going to change, really. I mean, you're going to if the AFL was going to do Origin and it was going to do things like Queensland versus New South Wales, which is a concept I support, but it would still be seen as a cheap, a very cheap version 
of the or, of the rugby league and, and just even though oh. you know Sorry. Even though we started this whole origin yes. thing in the 70s, <laughs> uh, it would still be seen as a very copycat move. Mm. Now, we're, we're obviously in the buy rounds, which have started a little bit later this year than last year. Um, they normally start around round 9, round 10. Um, waited till round 12 this year for some reason. Uh, around 11, rather. So, um, I really don't like buy rounds. They really, they really annoy me. Particularly if you've got bad games in buy rounds, I think it must annoy some clubs that just start to feel like they could be on the uh, close to getting some momentum as well. We need to see how because Richmond had the week off, mm. so and they were ones that would probably suffer for. But by the same token, I think probably the 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 teams with the older lists probably welcome it, and 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 so and it's a bit of respite, and you can you can get some guys back or what have you. Oh, bloody See, my, my, here's my school of thought at the moment: is what what if the AFL just brought in another team, and then someone could have a buy every freaking week instead of doing like eight teams at once? Yeah, but why do that? We've just been through that. Yeah, we could do it again, though. You could you could just as easily say, "Let's get rid of one." Oh, we could do that well, too. Either way, suits me. As long as we have an odd number of teams. There's a buy every week then. Mm. Yeah, anyway. the, but, but then there's some poor bugger that has a buy on the last round of the season or a buy in round, you know, 22 or something. You know, it's, um, well, yeah, but if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're having a buy in round 22, I mean, look, you know, it goes either way. If you're, if you're in round 22 and you've got a buy next week, it's week before finals and your team's in the finals and you're not going to miss out, a week before the finals is probably good in terms of rest and give your players some time to recover and then again a, you know unless sorry. you're in eighth place and you're um and you and you're hoping that some team doesn't beat some other team to knock you out of the finals because you've already played all your games but well yeah exactly it goes both ways but you know that's uh yeah i don't know I've... all right I, I, I don't look the buy rounds are okay but the obviously this is a deal with the players as well and I guess they could also eliminate it by going to 17 rounds, um, having a bye week, and then they can have have Wookiee's Origin game in the middle of the year. Yeah, that's true. Mm. All right, let's uh, go to the what's remaining of round 12, and I'm pleased to say that the AFL appears to have fixed their weather forecasting <laughs> after a couple of weeks of it constantly being predicted to be 18 and sunny wherever you are. Uh, Friday night at the MCG between Richmond and West Coast is expected to be 12 degrees with possible showers. So maybe that's the whole round this week. So if you're wondering, I guess this is the game where you say, well, are West Coast actually serious team? Because they've beaten a lot of teams that aren't that good. And... Um, and they're on the road, and they haven't really played that well away from Western Australia in the last few seasons. So if they can beat a team on a bit of a run um, on the road, that might they might feel a little bit more legitimate than they are now. Mm, Richmond going for its fifth consecutive win, uh, if they can pull this off. And the Eagles are the number one scoring side in 2015, apparently. Uh, the bookies have uh, Richmond favourites at a buck eighty. Apparently, I think they'll win. 
Yeah. yeah. I hope they yeah, don't, I... but I think they will. <laughs> so. I know, but you gotta you got to let go of your hate. I can't. Oh, Sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like you letting go of that Tony Hall shit. I can't. <laughs> or, or Mike letting go of Chris Grant not winning a Brownlow. These things just won't happen. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Carlton have Port Adelaide in uh, in Melbourne. And <laughs> Port Adelaide are massive favourites here. So is this at the MCG? This is at the MCG. Carlton, Why? Carlton have played Adelaide and will now play Port Adelaide in consecu- almost in consecutive weeks, uh, split only by bye at the MCG. <laughs> oh, great back. Um, um, fun stuff. I, La- Port Adelaide should win this by 100 million points, shouldn't they? Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? I, I don't, I just, I don't, look, logic says yes, but I reckon there could be an upset here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm back on the bandwagon, the lid is coming back. It's, oh, Christ. <laughs> Do you believe they might surge all the way to five wins? It's not. It's not really in your interest to win this. Win these games now, is it? We're coming. We're coming back to win the last ten games of the season. No. <laughs> I, and, and and clinch that number number eleven draft pick, Inclu- including including both games against Hawthorne. We're going to win them both. Oh, ab- oh, that's right. We've got two games against Carlton. God. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's what That's fantastic. Uh, last, last time these two teams played, I was at this game, and I was getting very drunk. Um, but it, and thankfully, the alcohol was free where I was, and I was in comfortable seatings, but uh, we lost by 103 points. So, uh, yeah, whatever, comfortable. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be such a big margin because Porter not doing very well, but... Um, Yes. Port Adelaide have four players in the top 40 players of the AFL's official player ratings. Carlton only has one. And that's Mark Murphy. If you're wondering. It's Mark Murphy, my God. Of course, just, Chris... just so, in, case everybody's, in case anybody's worried out there, Hawthorne uh, have one. And, uh, uh, yes, that's great. Uh, Carlton, the lowest team for tackles this season. The power of second, if you Bruce, Bruce Free football down at Carlton. <laughs> Bruce Free. Uh, Johnny Barker's second game as coach, I think, or third game as coach. So, I don't mind what I'm seeing from John Barker at the moment. He's gone back to the Ratton style of gameplay. <laughs> so, at least when you lose, you can lose and look like you're doing something. That's, that's... Ratton, of course, being Carlton's most successful coach over the last 15 years. Yes, yes, sadly. Yes. Further, Saturday evening at uh, the Sydney Showgrounds, the Gold Coast are playing someone, which... Uh, playing North Melbourne. There you go. Oh, dear. This is... This is... Dearie me. This is a terrible round, then, isn't it? We've had the highlight game already. Yeah. Just watch the highlight game of the round. Um, I think I think the Giants will pull this one off. The Giants? How many bikes have they got out, though? They've got a few, but I still think they'll pull this off in Sydney. Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron's still doing well. He's still playing. I, I think you'll find that Darren, Darren Crocker's continued success as interim coach will make uh, senior coach 
uh, Brad Scott nervous. I wouldn't I be. I would not be surprised. The, I think the Kangaroos will will win and and fancy themselves. Uh, geez, that jumper doesn't look any better close up either. That Hawthorne <laughs> jumper. My God, that is an abomination. Uh, yes, I think North will win. All right, Mike. Oh, I, I would actually like to say GWS, but I think I think North wins. Mm-hmm. See, I hate North as well, so t- time to put uh, GWS up on it. The Bulldogs play Saturday night, primetime TV against Brisbane mm. at Etihad Stadium, where, if it matters, it'll be 13 degrees and partly cloudy. But the roof will be closed. Well, maybe... No, it will be. It's a night yeah. game. They always close it for night games. Uh, last time these teams played, the I like l- that. Your, your boys really have. <laughs> last time these teams Sorry. played, the Lions play. Uh, the Lions beat the Bulldogs in round twelve. That's right. Yep, yep. Different coach, different game plan, and uh, the goals. Uh, you know, were kicking themselves then apparently, but they they, they weren't, were they? So now look. We've got Pickett and Bonfrey back, so I think we, we should, on paper, be able to put um, Brisbane away. You'd expect uh, the Dogs to win this, surely, Messenger? I'd expect it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would expect you to do horrific things to them. It would be, it's, I would expect almost avert your eyes status for this fixture. I know, the Lions well, have been improving in recent weeks. Not spectacularly no, so, terrible. but they have been improved. I don't think it'll be a big blowout, but I think it'll be no, a no, decent no, game. No, 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 Brisbane are terrible. Dogs don't disappoint me. <sighs> tell me about it. Well, we were terrible against Melbourne. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. So I hope we don't have a repeat of that. Uh, no, no, no. This this should be a this should be a soda. The last game for the round, some for some reason played at three twenty on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Geelong have Melbourne at uh, at uh, Kidinia Park. So this is of course to build build the suspense before the big game. I have I have seen on the AFL website references to the uh, massive record loss that Melbourne copped at Kidinia Park a couple of years, well, many years back. Uh, cats at a dollar fifteen, <laughs> Melbourne at five dollars. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah. La- last time it was one hundred and two points to thirty six at the MCG. So, and we should point out three hundred games to Corey Enright. Yeah, Done... only amazingly, only the third Geelong player to reach three hundred. Done that under the wire as well. Uh, Corey Enright, all Australian. Can... Been all Australian for about the last seventeen seasons, and yeah, he's not—he's not the most common name you hear coming out of Geelong. No, he's, uh, he's, he's very much done a lot of his work in the background. So, but the interesting thing too, and this Literally is, I know I, some people, some people value this, and I, I, you know, I take it at face value. Best and fairest twice in a premiership year. Oh mm. uh, nine and eleven, best and fairest in a premiership year. Yep. Yeah, so there's a hall of fa- there's a hall of famer for ten years time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> twelve degrees and becoming windy at Simmons Stadium. If you're wondering. Okay, so really, this is this is a pretty terrible round of football. It 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 is a, it is not 
an idea around... The, the Richmond-West Coast game should be okay. I think Carlton Port will be all right. You guys are going to disagree with me. I think it's going to be shocking because Carlton fans... <laughs> It's terrible. We've had a decent game. We'll have a decent game on Richmond West Coast, and the rest of it's just complete toilet. I tell you, I've seen something in the Blues, and I reckon it's going to start happening, and it's going to it's all going to click perfectly come round sixteen or wherever it is against your mob. And when that day happens, I tell you, if we beat you guys. There will not be room on the podcast for any of you people to talk. It's just going to be me <laughs> reviewing the game for two hours, <laughs> play by play. <laughs> let, let me tell you, if you've seen something in Carlton, then you need medical attention. And oh, we, don't crush his hopes. Come on. We will it? absolutely take the long handle to you this season. <laughs> the longest of long handles. I live by the sword, I die and by I the sword, don't we, you? We I... better have the ambulance perched at the boundary line for some poor one of your plonkers to be put in like last time. <laughs> Who was that plonker that got put in? Mark Murphy, that's right. Yeah, didn't your doctor run into him or something, though? Oh, that's right, yeah, because it was the, the, great, um, the, the great doctor conspiracy. The doctor wearing Dark the Navy. same colours as Carlton. I mean, come it's on. It's not fair. They're wearing dark brown. It looks blue. Make it stop. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway. Sorry, we should say hello to old Dark Navy. We haven't seen him since he uh, jumped to the jump ship to the Big Brother podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Brother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's still doing the Blues podcast, though. That's still why going on. Why doesn't he come on ours? No, he can't, can't do it all, you know. Is it because of me? No, no, he's just a busy man. Got a baby, stuff like that, so... He's got a baby? Yeah, who knew? He's older than me. I always thought he was like 90 or something, but... I thought he was about 90 as well. <laughs> he's, still, he's still got a... Sh- he's still getting shots off. Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's right. Not all married couples stop action after they've had a kid, right? <laughs> so, he's not oh, Jeff Wilson, well. is he? <laughs> I think he might be Jeffrey Addison. Ask him if he's been up the coach's box lately. Uh, the following teams. Oh, hello. Have, the following <laughs> teams have the bye this weekend: uh, Gold Coast, Sydney, Essendon, St Kilda, Collingwood, and Fremantle. We have one more week of these bye rounds to come: uh, North Melbourne. Port, Geelong, GWS, West Coast and Melbourne having the bye next week. Some good games next week though, guys. Uh, Fremantle, Collingwood on Thursday. Yes. Uh, they'll be interesting. Sydney and Richmond on the Friday ought to be okay. Yes. Hawthorne, yeah. Essendon on the Saturday will be a slaughter, but it'll be worth watching just for yeah, that. Great. <laughs> but then, the, then it gets a bit... And then Shit after that, it, it dwindles off a little bit. Oh, well, secure the dog should be all right, but I'll tell you what, the Sunday one will be will be all sitting oh, there in anticipation as, as the might of Carlton takes on what's left of the Gold Coast. <laughs> you know, hey, look, know, wins uh, come any way you can get them these days. I, I tell you what, you, you'd be much better off going to the VFL that week and watching, watching some decent football. Because that... You, you could you could stage that at the Junction Oval and not fill it that game. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. But let's have it stand alone and let's delay it till three twenty. Say, say what you like, Messenger. I've seen something in the Blues, and I'll tell you now: the season is going to turn. I, uh, I, you couldn't be more wrong, you and, poor and deluded I t- man. I tell you now: we are going to ride the Matthew Cruiser chariot all the way to the finals. 
the Matthew Cruiser chariot. You better check the bolts on those wheels, mate. <laughs> I'm just having a look at which round we play you. Which round yeah, I'm trying to find it get? now. Round 17. Oh, yes. So we get you two in the last six weeks. Is that it? Oh, there must. I think there's a game. Is it around 14? No. No, round 17. Friday night. Friday night, of course. We can't, Carlton can't not be on Friday. Oh, do we only play you once? No, you've got, you've got us twice. I reckon it's the last round. Carlton Hawthorne on round 17. I'm looking at round 22, and we're playing Brisbane. Not you. Round 21, Port. Round 20, Geelong. No, I reckon we've only got you once. This isn't good. You realise there's 23 rounds in the season, right? Well, I've only seen 22 on the fixture. So well, is it 20... it's in round 23, Nimrod. Well, my on fixture the fr- on my on, app on... only goes to 22. Well, that's what you get for using the app. <laughs> it's around 23 on Friday night. Why Why are you not being nice to me all of a sudden? Hang on, let me check the AFL Actually, app. Actually, sure it might be not wrong. be Friday because every game on round 23 is scheduled Friday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Friday at midnight, well, this apparently. Will be the struggle because, this will be the struggle because they'll have a team that might be ready to play finals against your lot. Yes. Yes, go on. Yes. Rest a lot of players against us. <laughs> I'm still going to give you grief over it. <laughs> you know what? We could we could rest everybody. It'll be it'll be like when, when Australia beat England in the soccer for the first time ever and they rested like their entire team in the second half and put on like their juniors or something. <laughs> and, and we still didn't care. <laughs> It would. It, it will. You know what? It will. It wouldn't even matter. It would not even matter who we rested. Well, I'm just saying. Round 17, round 23, folks. They're the ones to look out for. I'm going to make my, some my big four, statements. Could, we could send my four-year-old son to the coach's box to coach, <laughs> and we would still win. And well, he I, could, he could sit there and he'd say, okay, "Go Hawkies, number four, kick it." I'm and just gonna, that, you know what? And that would be fine. I'm just going to say there's going to be some big statements coming. Some big statements <laughs> about the, back, the round 23 grudge match. Backed by no evidence whatsoever. You, and purely based on optimism. You know what? I, I admire I admire your courage. It's a very courageous stance to take. All right. Well, that's, that's about it for tonight. You could be on your second interim coach by then too. <laughs> <laughs> that is about it for tonight. Just a few um, a few uh, serious things before we go. If you're on the Big Footy Forum, um, please note that um, we are kind of banning racism discussion from the main board. Uh, and uh, if you want to talk racism, you'll need to refer that down to uh, uh, the SRP board down there. So, Or, or, or put it this way. We're sick of moderating the same discussion over and over and over again. Yeah, with the same people. So with the same people. We, for if there's 200, 200 pages of discussion available to read, free speech and all that. But I reckon for every page that you can see, there's probably, you know, for every five pages you can see, there's probably a page deleted, yeah. of just crap. So please, for the love of God, restrain yourselves, would you? Yeah, you can expect a crackdown on Adam Good's discussion in, in Sydney game day threads and things like that as well. 
because quite frankly we've just had enough. It's it's been a joke for the last couple of weeks. It's been yes. it's been an increasing joke for years, really. So just be aware of that. Be mindful when you're posting. Also note um, earlier today we um, well I did an interview with the president of the Minnesota Freeze, uh, which is going to be coming up alongside this uh, when they're posted later uh, tonight. Oh. Um, yeah, it's not nice little listen to there. Um, it's uh, beginning another series of international football interviews, so be it's mindful cool. of that. And that's about it. That's all I've got, guys. You got anything before we finish off, Mike? No, nothing else. Messenger? Nothing tonight, no. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> Have you won yet? Yes. It's all over. I'm going to rewind it and watch the last quarter of the sound on again. <laughs> all over Red Rover at yes. Adelaide Oval. So, um, look, thanks very much for coming on tonight. Uh, yep. Thanks, Messenger. No worries. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. You're welcome. And a uh, big shout out to Seppo, who hasn't turned up again. I don't know why. It's because he's, he's too busy getting making. His, he, he's getting his uh, Net 5 dollar serviced. Too busy making banners or <laughs> waving pom poms or whatever he does at the he, cheer squad making, down there. He's got plenty of time to make bad Power Ranger jokes on Twitter, though. <laughs> and uh, look, uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a good week, guys. We can dance, everything's out of control. We can dance, we can dance, doing it from pole to pole. We can dance, we can dance, everybody look at your hands. We can dance, we can dance, everybody's taking a chance. Well, it's safe to dance, yes, it's safe to dance. Well, it's safe to dance, well, it's safe to dance. Yes, it's safe to dance, it's safe to dance, yeah. Well, it's safe to dance, it's safe to dance. Oh, it's safe to dance.